On today's episode, we're going to be talking budget-friendly family meals. Welcome to Feeding the Family with Dr. Kristen, where we help you navigate the challenges of feeding your family and learn about the role food plays in our health and relationships. Feeding and food relationships can be stressful, confusing, and even destructive. I'm Kristen Saxena, a pediatrician and mother of four who's been researching and sharing what I've learned about feeding for over 10 years. In this podcast, I'll share my experience and expertise to help our kids and ourselves with everyday survival tips for real parents. This podcast is about progress, not perfection. So let's get started. Welcome back to Feeding the Family with Dr. Kristen. I'm your host, Kristen Saxena. On today's episode, we're going to be talking budget-friendly family meals. I know that this is a topic that's more important than ever for a lot of families with the rising inflation and especially the rising cost of food. We're joined today by budget-friendly family meal expert, Erin Chase. Well, thanks for joining us, Erin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Absolutely. So uh, you are the mastermind behind the blog $5dinners.com, author of several cookbooks on related topics, and the mom of four boys. Yes. So I am in the trenches on the struggle bus trying to feed these people on a budget. Yeah. So yeah, living it out. Kind of become an expert then at this topic. And I was really excited to have you on. I think that Probably just about everyone right now is really feeling this. Um, even if you hadn't been in years past, probably you are now. Um, this idea of how to feed our families without breaking the bank. And I know we had talked previously, and um, you know it's not just in your head. So you know we all are kind of seeing like the stock market plummeting and our bills like going the other way. This inflation thing is really getting out of hand. Um, and we had talked about something, um, the CPI, this com- consumer price index, and specifically kind of how that is relating to food prices. So I know you follow this super closely. So can you kind of talk to me and our listeners about what you're noticing as the trends right now? Of course, I would be happy to. I'm somehow a geek on this all of a sudden. I think I, I, so let me back, back up real quick. So I started the $5 dinners website in the recession of 2008, when we were feeling mostly the gas prices popping up and we needed to do something to offset. I was not working. I mean, I've always been a mom, but like I was not bringing in an income at that time. And so needed to do something to come back. So that's when I started the website. So it was under actually very similar. I know there are different seasons and economic seasons, but similar feelings. It's the same feeling that I have right now the sort of like, I got to do something today. Uh, it's the same feeling that I had back then. And and you're right. There was years in between kind of the end of that 2008, when that kind of leveled back down to earth. And then, you know, people have not been paying attention necessarily, or because we haven't felt that rise or it would be like there's a drought so the just the beef prices went up there hasn't been this entire level uh in rise and so back last summer actually in july is when we started tracking this food inflation when it was transitory um, which was i think a hopeful thing but really we the cpi is not lying you're seeing it i'm seeing it we're feeling it both gas and groceries and and i actually saw a survey that came out from the march numbers came out two days ago and i saw a survey that said 
32% of people are mostly concerned about the food and 31% are mostly concerned about the gas. Mm. So it's really the two things um, right now that we are all feeling. And then, of course, the wages haven't caught up to this yet. Um, or maybe, you know, there's a hiring freeze at Facebook and Uber. Like, really? What is, yes. What is going I heard that. I mean, I haven't done a, a deep dive research on that, but like, that's this is this is a funky 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 time yeah. right now and so i think there are things that we can do to help ourselves through this um and i'm sure we'll talk about a little bit of that today but the cpi is just it's 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 a number that is released on a monthly basis and it's been all up in the press lately because it was 6.9% in December, 7.2% year over year, December to last December, January, 7.2. And then it bumped up to 8.5 in March and 8.3 in April. So this is year over year. And, and I think if you even break, if you look at, uh, I can tell you the March numbers because I haven't seen the breakdown of the April ones yet, but meat, dairy, eggs, and chicken up 14% Jeez. March over March from last year to this year. And I think I haven't seen the breakdown for uh, for April yet, but it's probably about on par for that. And so those are things that we buy every single week. And those are essentially the most expensive part of every meal. And so when that goes up that much, then our entire bill is essentially going up that much because those, those um, pricier items are what's getting the biggest blow right now. Yeah. And so, and this, for my own knowledge, I mean, obviously prices go up year over year on a normal basis, but you're saying like this 14% for certain items, what would be kind of a normal, before we were sort of in this situation, what would be something we would expect or like, what, what were we doing before we were paying attention to this? Yeah. So what, I'm not an economist, but I do listen sure. to a lot of, a lot of them from different sides of all uh, different angles. And I think the average rate of inflation that, you know, the government uh, want and the fed wants to keep at is between a half and 1% oh, wow. you know, year over year. So that's why we didn't, we haven't noticed mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, or it's milk pops up for a little bit and then comes back down to a level where we just don't really see like, because it's not affecting necessarily the entire, everything in our cart. It's just one or two things in the cart. Mm -hmm. And so when we see this 14% rise on multiple items in the cart, I think uh, produce was up seven or 8% in March. And so it's just like, it's not just one thing. It's literally everything. And there's so many comp, this isn't one thing. It's not Putin's price hikes. It's not, that's not it. There's like literally 900 factors in all of this. And it's just this awful convergence all at the same time. And we're all just like, well, how, how do I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure this is really speaking to a lot of people because I think, you know, for people that maybe aren't following it closely in the news, but are just feeling it at home, they're like, am I crazy? Why, why is my spending up so much? And I think, like you said, for a lot of people, you know, uh, wages haven't necessarily increased at the rate that we're seeing for inflation and then particularly in these things that are really essential to family life for a lot of us which are gas and food um so that being said you're kind of the you know budget friendly family meal five dollar dinner lady so uh this certainly makes your job a little bit more complicated right it, it does and it doesn't. So let me explain the premise of $5 dinners. So the goal of $5 dinners is to feed your family for under $5. When I started it, we were a family of four. Now we're a family of six with teenage boys. And so 
you know, it's more like seven or eight dollars. But the concept is to kind of deconstruct your meals and deconstruct what you're buying at the store and focus on the meat prices. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are up even more than they normally are. Right. But that's generally the most expensive part of meal. So focus on getting that for the best op- best value and deal that you can. And then, of course, pairing it with inexpensive ingredients that you might be able to get on sale, like pastas or rice. You could be buying in bulk for rice. And then, of course, whatever produce is on sale, vegetables, frozen vegetables, like really taking the time, um, maybe one kind of category at a time to figure out, okay, how can I make each meal cheaper? Because when you do it that way, then your overall grocery basket becomes cheaper. Perfect. Okay. And yeah, I've heard you talk about this lots of times before. Um, Sort of this, the meat, as you said, tends to be the most expensive piece. So a lot of the strategies are kind of like working around that in terms of what are the things I could do then to kind of maximize my dollars. Um, so what strategize, strategies or what tips do you recommend? Like if you are your top tips for somebody that's like, I need to do something about my grocery bill right now. I need it to be easy. You know, I'm a stressed out parent. I'm busy. What are the top things I can do to just say like, all right, I'm going to get this under control. So the first, it's two things related to protein. We'll dive into each one at a time. So the first is going to be to stretch out that protein as far as you can. So that means maybe mixing in some cooked lentils with sloppy joe, a ground beef or ground turkey based sloppy joes. The beef's expensive. The sauce, fairly cheap. If you buy it in a can, you can make it even cheaper with a homemade, you know, with probably ingredients you have in your fridge and pantry, and then some lentils to stretch it out. So you can take one pound of ground beef that might serve four people. Now all of a sudden you can serve six or have six or eight servings for your sloppy joes. So thinking about how you can stretch proteins, beans plus beef, ground beef, Beef, ground turkey, uh, black beans for tacos, refried beans, even mixing them in. Those are pretty smooth. People are like, you can do that. I'm like, even 100% mix refried beans with ground beef. Just do it. You'll get more. You'll have more tacos or more tortillas or, or, or burritos or like or tostadas, whatever you're making um, with that uh, particular meat. You know, if you're doing something that's like Italian based and you've got maybe some chicken, uh, you could do white beans, whether it's a soup or even like mixed in with pasta. You can just stretch it out just that much further. Really, if you can do that a couple times a week, then you're really stretching those protein dollars as far as you can. So that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is how can you, not how can you, get meat when it's on sale, uh, get a couple extra packages so you have enough till it goes on sale again. Well, I know chickens, you can't leave chicken in your fridge for a month or two, uh, but what you can do is flip it into a freezer meal. And that's what we teach. We've developed an entire program around this where you get maybe six to eight packs of chicken when it's on sale, or if it's at the warehouse store, you get one of those big six packs or a couple of the three packs, whatever it is. And then you turn that into six different freezer meals so that in three weeks from now, when you want whatever chicken, whatever, you've already got it in the freezer, or at least the start of it with, you know, some other ingredients that you can cook and you did not pay $5.99 a pound, you paid $2.49 a pound. So run that math real quick. If you can do that, it's literally half the cost, more than half. If you can do that a couple times a week. Yeah. Money right there. Totally. Well, and I love both of these tips because I think in addition to saving money, when I hear you go through these things, like number one, um, I think, for a long, long time, you know, there have been things uh, in order to kind of help us maybe consume less meat 
And there's lots of uh, reasons that people might want to do that, one certainly being cost. Um, but this idea, like for my family, I have in particular like two members of my family. We do meatless Monday sometimes. Um, but, you know, they're kind of the, the ones that are like, disappointed sometimes on meatless monday they're the my meat loving kids and um so i love this idea because you know you can consume less meat without necessarily having to say you know every week we have a meat a meal without meat you can actually do that sort of on a like per meal basis plus you're adding additional variety into the diet which is always sort of one of those keys of nutrition um to just have you know beans and meat at the same time it's just you know kind of a more of a nutritional benefit from that standpoint so you know your it can be better for the earth better for your nutrition um perhaps better for your family's taste and help you save money so i love that because it's like the benefits can really be many fold and then the other thing you said you know saving money by buying things when they're on sale and perhaps in bulk but like the side effect of this is if you've already sort of prepared these frozen meals which i know are like you know one of your your key key um elements to your whole program the other side is as the parent that's busy you know prepare i mean having a freezer meal already prepared is like the gift you gave yourself like a week or two ago so there's so many benefits you know that come from this and so it's always like sometimes it's hard to make switches but when you think of like not only will i be saving money but also doing all these wonderful things for my family and for myself you know it kind of helps you find the motivation to say like yeah this is totally totally worth doing absolutely that's a beautiful breakdown on all fronts you know freezer meals they originally started as a way to save money, like, you know, buy a bunch of chicken, it's on sale, make all these chicken meals, buy a bunch of pork tenderloin or chuck roast or ground beef or whatever it is, turn it into all these different types of freezer meals. We, I, we, I literally built an entire like apps and software and all these things around this entire concept. But you're right, the ancillary benefits of I can literally spend two minutes hands on time to have a dinner on the table where it's taking it out of the freezer, putting it in a bowl of water to thaw for a few minutes, taking it frozen and putting it into the slow cooker, the instant pot, the end dinner's done next, right? Like it's right. really, really that efficient. And so having this money saving piece, but then also this efficiency piece, it just like makes my heart go pitter patter in such a nerdy way. No. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, I love it. And I think it's it seems simple, but the benefits are just like make it so worthwhile. So then as part of this, too, um, you know, if you're going to the store, and you're buying your groceries, obviously something we've talked about a lot that can help save your sanity, but also a lot of money is meal planning. And I know you offer that as well through your website. So what's kind of your general approach to meal planning? So the general approach to meal planning is it depends on your personality. So that's just going to lay that out there. Like if I say something and you're like, that would never work for me. Like I acknowledge that I realize that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what is most important right now because of this inflationary season, and you can do this regardless of the economic climate that we're in. Um, it really is effective is you really need to plan at least five meals a week at least, because then that gives you a leftovers option and maybe one out to dinner. Uh, if you haven't noticed, the out to dinner costs are also through the roof. I think our, like our quote drive-through order, um, we <laughs> went up like four bucks. I was like, y'all, it's not, the, the order's not different. It's the same order. And it's a lot for us to even just buzz through the drive-through with, you know, four, it's basically five adult meals and a kid's meal at this point. And it's like, I no, like, yeah. so, 
I'm already mindful of it. Now I'm extra mindful of, okay, how are we spending our dining out dollars as well? Um, So all that to say, uh, meal planning, you know, I'm not opposed to going out, but I think you need to have a plan for it, especially right now. And if you're door dashing two or three times a week, please stop, just stop, (laughs) just stop. I just need to be that bad guy for a second. I'm just going to be that like swift kick in the rear of like, just stop doing that. You are literally spending almost twice as much as you should be by doing that. And that is money that you cannot afford to lose right now. I don't care how much discretionary income you have. I do not care. Stop it. It's wasted money. Yeah, it is. I know. Well, you know, I think we all got in habits maybe over the last couple of years that have been hard to break. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a good point though, because we, okay, we were thrown Mm -hmm. literally all of us were freaking out into this like, oh my gosh, we have to eat at home all the time. What do I do? I need a 900 cans of everything. And like every, like how many sourdough loaves can I make? And how many yes. loaves of banana bread can I, like we were literally thrown into pioneer mode, right? Oh yeah, I think and, that first shopping trip, I was like Armageddon. I was like buying like yes. economy sized packs of flour. I don't know what I thought I was oh, gonna yeah. be doing. <laughs> no, you and everybody else, right? And so, then we got thrust into, okay, well, restaurants are back open again. We need to support the economy. I do have a little bit of extra money what for you know whatever reason, whether it was stimulus or um, you know, just not going doing anything anymore. Uh, so we threw ourselves into, I just am desperate for convenience because this is awful and I'm filled with grief and I can't survive. So somebody just deliver me deliver me my food. Yeah. And now we're swinging back the other way of I literally have no money because because my wages haven't gone up um, or maybe I've lost my job or, you know, like the hiring freezes, we said, you're not going to get a better job right now where, where you want it. Uh, there's so many, again, get back to the complicating factors. There's so many. And now it's like, oh, uh, I guess I shouldn't DoorDash that mm-hmm. and pay twice as much as I should. And so I think we need to kind of get back to that middle. And I, and I do think that with food anyways, meal planning is going to be, and bringing it back to your question, uh, meal planning is going to be a way to do that and to set ourselves up for success so that we do have a good meal option at home. We do have something that's easy to cook and we're not door dashing or spending twice as much as we should, you know, even just going through the drive through at this point. Right. And I liked what you said, too, that it depends a lot on your personality, because I agree. I feel like even in my own life, it's it's sort of like almost, a, you know, you kind of grow into your own sort of meal planning. Like when I first started, I felt like I was very detailed and like wanted to line everything up and found that really, you know, having more of a loose plan, a weekly plan, it was more like decision fatigue. Uh, you know, it was more, I just wanted to know like, oh, you know, on Tuesdays we do tacos and it's all like kind of cliche, but it was like, you make so many decisions as a parent that sometimes just having that loose plan and then you can kind of fill in like, all right, here's our favorites. And then it will also keep you from buying things that you're not going to use or you don't really want. Um, But I think for some people, maybe, you know, their personality is such that perhaps a more detailed line by line um, plan is fitting. But I think the idea of just find what works for you, but have something. Exactly. And that's why I think starting with just like five options, whether that's a loosey goosey, you're just going to kind of pick and choose what you feel like that day, or it's, this is what we're having Monday through Friday, plus leftovers and in, in, in dinner out or takeout or whatever. And just it's, but it's something you're right. It's, you've got to have, and I think pencil to paper, 
you know, there's meal planning apps, I th- but I think like writing it down, especially because then your family can see what you're having. Mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference. And oh, what are we having for dinner this week? I don't want that. You can prepare in advance to not want to eat that, but you're still going to have it because that's what I'm cooking. Yeah. Right? Like that whole there. It's just, I think it's just setting the tone and the expectation of like, this is, you know, this is what we're having. Uh, you can check it out. And um, if you want to make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, then that's on you, buddy. But we don't really do that around here. They they like all kinds of foods around here. But I know that is a struggle for a lot of families. And so I do think having it sort of public so everybody in the family knows what's coming, I do think that that helps smooth out and iron out a lot of those little like wrinkly moments that, you know, cause friction. You know, we've talked about that before too. Like sometimes that question is like the hardest, like what's for dinner? And there is something, even though you you did make that decision before, there is something more concrete that seems like less negotiable when the plan is already lined out instead of like they think you're just making the decision on the fly. Then it feels like there's more room for for negotiation or wiggle room. So I do think that there is something to be said, especially with kids to kind of having that. And maybe, you know, I think kids kind of like that visual, you know, plan as well. It helps them as well. Absolutely. I, I'm all for structure, whether that's, you know, and in, in, if you homeschool in your homeschool and your, you know, for us, it's before and after school, it, it's in the kitchen, like having a little bit of structure. And then of course, those little boundaries that, that float around it, whatever those may be for your family. I'm not a parenting expert. I'm not here to tell you those things, but I do think that it helps um, just make everybody's life in and around the kitchen because it's like, it's the HQ of our home. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it matters, I think to have, um, so whatever that looks like, maybe it's those cute chalkboards that you see on Pinterest. Maybe it's just a pad of paper that sits on the counter or on the fridge or whatever. So just having it there is going to be helpful for everybody. So to shift gears a little bit, I did want to talk about, you're a big proponent of actually tracking your food spending specifically, correct? Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about how you recommend people do this and why this specifically is so important. Okay, let's do why first and then we'll do how because there's like lots of ways you can do the how. So why? Okay. One, we have to eat every day. Okay. And so do our people. Um, Two, we're real busy. And three, we will automatically air to whatever's easiest and most convenient, which most of the time is more expensive, mm-hmm. um, which is again, going back to the freezer mill thing, like freezer to slow cooker, freezer to instant pot. I will do those all day, every day because they're cheap and they're easy and they're good. Right. Um, so the next piece of that though, is because we have to eat every day because we're moving so fast, because we need that convenience. We don't keep a running track of what we're spending on food. We go to the grocery store because we have to go to the grocery store and we drop the amount we think we need to drop. Okay. $175 there. Okay. Then, oh goodness. Well, this happened and this happened. And then there was this crisis. And then all of a sudden I'm in the drive-thru and I wasn't planning on it, but it's okay because I can go out once a week, but I'm going to do it anyways. $58 at Chick-fil-A. That is our Chick-fil-A number right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then it's, you know, you do good, you do good for a couple of days. And then you're like getting gas and you realize that so-and-so has practice tonight and you don't have any Gatorade and did it. So you go, you spend two fifty on a Gatorade. Please do not do that. Prepare. I mean, I'm guilty. I've, I, all these scenarios. Everybody's you're saying, done it. Better. Everybody's done yeah. it. But here's what we do not do. I, I'm just giving kind of like a real life example yep. here. Okay. So, but what we don't do when we spend that two forty nine at for the Gatorade and we dropped uh, fifty eight dollars at Chick fil A for one meal. That is one meal. Mm-hmm. That is of, like of sandwiches. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. I love me. I love me those fries, right? Oh, yeah. But what we don't do is we don't add it up as we go. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, it's almost like if you've heard like using cash to pay for groceries, there's something psychological that happens, even just using your debit card. I know your debit card is coming from the same place. Conceptually, I understand that. But there is something physically, chemically that happens in your brain, psychologically, chemically, whatever, when you're handing cash and you're like, do I have enough cash? Mm-hmm. There is something and it's the same if you're actively tracking. It's right here. It was. If you're actively tracking and you're actively writing down, this is just my own little thing. You can do it. We'll talk about how there is something that happens in your brain that you're like, you know what? I'm not going to get the Gatorade. He's just going to have to have water mm-hmm. because that's my bad. Yeah. I didn't get the cheaper big pack to keep, you know, in the fridge because it's sports season right now and everybody needs gate. I mean, that's just one example, right? Um, maybe it's snacks, that you forgot to pick up. So you're running it like it adds up fast. But when you're actively tracking it, you will make different decisions. You will say, you know what? We're just going to have cereal tonight. I'm skipping Chick-fil-A. You can have cereal every now and again. Don't do it every night. Okay. But like, does that make sense? Totally. So when you're actively and intentionally tracking now, it takes intention. Mm-hmm. You have to have accountability. You have to, whether it's your partner or a friend or you have a group text or whatever, like, you have to, I think accountability is really important. So those are, that's kind of a big explanation to the why. Now the how is going to be, I am a pencil and paper girl. So I do pencil and paper. Um, You can do weekly, you can do monthly. If you're an app person and you track your finances in some kind of an app, then figure out if you can set up some sort of a notification or an email that's coming to you that says you've spent X number of dollars on food this week. Mm -hmm. You're going to get that email. You're going to go, what did I just do? And you're going to make different decisions next week. Um, maybe it's just typing in the act of typing in, in like an, if you just do a, a note in your notes app, um, maybe you set up a, a reminder of, you know, don't forget to track your food spending, a recurring reminder on the reminder app on your phone, right? Like you can set yourself up for this. You just have to choose to do it. And I think right now, all of us need to be choosing to do something of some kind to help us stay accountable to specifically this food spending because it's really one that we can control, right? Yeah. So, I mean, generally, do you say that for to track it all together? Like, here's my, gro- do you write like, you know, grocery store, this, Chick-fil-A, this, and break it down to say like, well, here's yeah. how much we're spending. Yes, there we go. Yeah, is that, so mm-hmm. I'm going to hold it. I can't tell. How yep, well you can see I that. can it's see that. Basically, a line so simple, would write like, you know, Sprouts or Costco or HEB or Kroger, and then you would put how much you spent. And there's a lot enough lines for the week because if you're buzzing through drive throughs and you're hitting up convenience stores and, you know, you're grabbing snacks on the fly or you do like a grocery pickup order because you forgot that like you said you were going to make brownies for whatever, whatever. Yep. Well, yeah. as I look at that, I can tell you like I can already see like the emotional roller coaster I would be on in that whole process. I, I think the first week, I would be like, oh God, like, you know, it's like, I don't even want to finish this because I'm not sure I even want to know. But I think what will happen if you stick with it, and I'm sure you can tell me if this is kind of the feedback you get, I think it actually can be quite empowering because you start to see how actions, like really relatively little actions 
can really make a big impact. And this kind of goes back to, like I've told people, you know, you really can make it, like you said, we eat every day and we have to feed our people every day. And it is a way that you can be very impactful because of the frequency with which we have to do this, that you can actually, over time, I mean, this has a huge impact on the economics of your home. Um, and so, and it's something you can do something about, but if you're not measuring it, it's very difficult to make those changes. Exactly. So anything in life, whatever you measure is going to grow. So mm-hmm. whether that's your fitness, your weight loss, fitness, weight loss, fitness, um, weight and money are going to mm-hmm. be, or exercise weight are going to be the three things that are the easiest to track in terms of life. And it, it really becomes, it, it's a habit thing, right? Like, okay, I'm setting out to do this. I'm challenging myself to do this. The first week's going to be brutal. It is, you're right, but it will get better because you're going to get these little tiny feedback loops that happen throughout the week where you're like, I did it. I didn't go through the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I I got the big pack of Gatorade. So I that costs like $7 instead of buying, you know, eight $2.50 ones, right? Or whatever it may be. And so those little tiny successes and those wins give you that little like way to go self, way mm-hmm. to go self. And you kind of, it takes a minute, you're right, to get into that. But once you do, then you're like, you feel like you're winning in life. And then it just becomes like, we don't buy Gatorade at the convenience store anymore. Yep. Or I'm really much better at pl- making sure that I plan everything out. And I, don't, and I understand life happens and there's surprises. Like, I'm not trying to be like a super rigid, like purist about any of this, but really just like looking at your week and saying, oh, we have a, a, a dinner with friends Friday night. This is me this week. I'm in charge of brownies. Like, got to put the brownies on the list at the beginning of the week, knowing that this is, does that make sense? Totally. And so just, just kind of getting in that. And when you kind of get into that flow, um, whether it's tracking of your food or it's the exercise or going on walks or whatever it may be, you really start to see the benefits. And right now with our food spending, we need to see the benefits. And so yeah. we have in, in this sense, um, we have this external pressure of food prices rising. But like for me, when we weren't in this inflationary season the last couple of years, it was, okay, I can take all these savings and sock them into college funds or retirement funds. Like there's always something we can be doing with our money yep. and whatever that might be right now, for most of us, it's like, let's just get through this inflationary season. But then what is it going to be when we're through this? What are you going to do with this extra savings, this extra money? Because you're being mindful and intentional with tracking your spending and making smart de- decisions around around your food dollars. Yeah, and I think it's, to me, it's like once you get into that habit and you start to have these more long-term wins, it's what allows you to trade out the the sort of short-term gratification you might get from like, just forget it. I'm gonna go through the drive-through, everyone will be happy, dinner will be done and it will be easy. But once you've kind of retrained your brain to say like, ah, like I know that's what it feel would feel maybe good right now but i know that in the long run like what will feel better is when i look and look how much money i saved and i'd already already just taken out my freezer meal and fed my family at home so i love that yay so i have another question is there anything since you track all of this besides i know we talked about meat and um is there anything at the store that you just do not buy because you know like what a what a money suck it is like once you've looked into this is there something that you're just i just cannot bring myself to spend this money you're funny uh <laughs> paper towels for sure paper towels oh no paper i feel towels. terrible i have so- listen <laughs> we go through those or, i know most people do i'm i say that i'm weird but i only i share this i feel like this is one of the things that i've become known for um 
they're expensive. They it's are. paper and it's most of the time we do have like paper napkins, but we don't blow through them very quickly. Like they're used for very specific things. And then sometimes for meals or if people are over or whatever, but reusable towels, dishcloth size, from the larger size to just the smaller kind of like, you know, dishcloth, I guess. Why not? I mean, it's a little bit of an investment up front, probably no more than two or three packs of paper towels. So think about the three times you would buy paper towels, invest in a couple of rags. They, I literally have some that are seven, eight years old and they're fine. Oh, well, you, I mean, like I would invest in fancy. good ones. No. Yeah. They're just in there. They look dirty because they've cleaned up a lot of dirty things, um, but it doesn't matter. They're clean and we use them and we wash. I just wash them with the towels when we do towels and it's like totally fine. It's, I, it, it just, it, I don't even know how or why it started. It's literally been over a decade and I did buy um, paper towel. Like I bought a pack of paper towels when we were with some friends, we went out of town together and I was like, oh, it'll be nice to have these. It'll be convenient. So I bought like a six pack because that was the cheapest yeah. choice on the shelf. And I'm like per unit. Okay, let me do this. So I think we use like one and a half rolls at this, you know, the time we were together. And the rest, they sat in here for like months because I just don't use them. They're just not like part of my MO. So if you're thinking like, how would I even do that? Like, yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but like, I just don't. So that's one. Two, I think I'll, I, I try to do a lot of homemade spice mixes. So ranch dressing, taco seasoning, sloppy joe, even you can just do a can of tomatoes plus some other pantry and fridge staples. So those types of things I also try to do at home because it's just one less thing you have to buy. And you probably already have this in your pantry right now that you bought, you know, years ago, even sometimes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say those are probably the things that are most different that I don't ever I, love, I did not expect the paper towels, but you're really <laughs> causing me to reflect on my perhaps excessive consumption of paper towels. But I well, think just like totally half right. and half. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it totally like makes sense. Half half. We blow through them way too fast. They are really expensive, but they don't feel expensive. So I think there goes again, like where the tracking comes, because you feel like this is something for throwing away. Um, but that's literally what you're doing with your money is throwing it away. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's yeah. just better for the environment too. So, I mean, again, you know, most of these things have multiple benefits when you really reflect on them. So I, I, that was a good tip. Uh, okay, so one last, so kitchen gadgets. That's another one that can get uh, expensive and excessive. Is there, what's the one kitchen gadget that you're like, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. I cannot live without this. It's worth the money. Uh, well, my bag holders for the freezer meals is definitely one I thing. I saw these. These are They're incredible. super handy. They fold flat. They, they hold up the tall bags and the short bags uh, for loading up. You know, I even use them for like, you know, if I make a big pot of like instant pot dried beans, it's another little tip. I do buy canned beans, but I also will do dried beans and like a big batch. And then I'll portion them out into meal sizes. So baked beans or even just like pinto beans for like a Tex-Mex kind of side dish. So I'll use the smaller bags for those. But then of course, if I'm doing like a freezer meal, I'll use, I'll use those. They're still very affordable. They're not yeah. like, they're worth their weight in gold and then some. 
Um, and the other one that I absolutely adore is that it's called, a, I think a chopster. I don't really know what it's, it's like a, got a cross on the end of it and you use it to break up ground beef, um, for browning. But then I also use it when I'm making like meatloaf or meatballs. So you, it'll, it'll break the meat up and oh, then yeah. mix in the ingredients and you don't have to, I, I know a lot of people use their hands. If you think that's gross, then it's definitely a, a tool that you need to and have. You can get the little, you know, everybody always wants the little like Taco Bell meat and I get too lazy and mine are all big chunks. Cause I, yeah. Well, and like so, sausage, like pork oh, sausage yeah. is hard to break up. And this thing has no problem. Like just like a metal spoon or something. This thing has no problem breaking up that kind of a, the, I guess the fattier sort of pork sausage. So yeah, yeah, and I it's think pretty it's pretty handy, cool. describing the bag holders, because I think this is sort of key to like having this organized freezer meals is like if people don't know what they are, they're like the little V-shaped. Oh, you probably look at you. You have them on here. It's like a V-shaped stand, right, for the bag. I have so some that you right here. Scoop it right in because it's always hard to get it into the bag. And then, you know, I never had the nice flat frozen bags. Oh, look there. at you. Yeah, so, so it cool. sits on the counter. They just mm -hmm. happen to be right behind me. Um, it sits on the counter. They go up and down. So if you need, this would be a gallon size bag and this would be like a quart size bag. The bag sits in here. You could like pour, you know, drop chicken in without making, you know, getting chicken all over the place. They're pretty handy. I love it. Okay. Well, this has been wonderful. I think that, like I said, this is a topic that is more important now than it has been for a long, long time. So I appreciate you sharing this information and your helpful tips with our listeners. Um, so if they want to learn more, if they heard this and they're like, this is it, I need, I need to read more, I need to hear more, where should we go? So the best place is gonna be the $5 Dinners website on the homepage. We have a blog and recipe index and all that, but on the homepage, it features all the different ways that we can help you. So we can help you with recipes, with meal plans, with freezer meal plans. We have gadgets and we, all the ways that we can help you, you're gonna be able to find most quickly from the $5 Dinners uh, homepage. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Erin. It's been wonderful. Awesome, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for joining us for another episode of Feeding the Family. If you're enjoying our episodes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll see you here next Monday.